Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, but for more info and business wrench related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. This is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson and Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor and also the head of marketing and events at Oxford Head Injury Services, the brain injury charity formerly known as Headway Oxfordshire. Now, you'll know by now that our show introduces you, the listeners, to local trusted experts whilst we discuss topical issues impacting on local businesses. And those topics are now fed in by you the listeners or by Ben and myself having conversations in our local network. Now on today's show we look forward to welcoming our three guests that's Anthony Tattersall the Managing Director of Darcy Logistics and I must add now recently awarded the title of Oxfordshire Business Person of the Year and also recognised as Oxfordshire Business of the Year so congratulations and we'll sure explore that a little bit later. But also joining Anthony is Melanie Tattersall who's the Director of Sustainability at Darcy Logistics which is part of our theme today and Ray Rachel Hicks, the co-founder of Skywave Gin. Now, Ben, I'm sure you're like me. You're blown away by the logistics operations of some businesses, both global brands and also local businesses. So what should we ask them on a show like this? That's a great question as always, Mike. Um, and throughout the next hour, we're going to be asking them lots. And, and I think really the goal is to share the insight of what happens within these businesses um, to really um, let you, the listener at home, really understand what do they do? How do they do it? And and actually, what hints and tips can you write in your notepad that you can implement in your own business? This is a Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, and we'll be welcoming our three guests after this. Get radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. I'm today really, really delighted to be joined by three great guests. Um, so let's start by introducing those guests to you. Um, Anthony, can you start by introducing yourself to the listeners? Is that right? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm Anthony Tattersall. I'm the managing director and founder of Dusk Logistics. We are a family-run, all-encompassing logistics business who uh, deliver parcels, pallets. Uh, we do e-commerce fulfillment, and we try to do everything as sustainably as possible. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, next up, Medley, can you introduce you, yourself to the listeners? Yes. Hi. Thanks, Ben. I'm Melanie Tattersall. Um, I'm the Director of um, Sustainability and Communications um, here at Darsica. And uh, I think Anthony summed up what we do pretty well, so I'll uh, leave it at that. Amazing. Um, And last but certainly not least, Rachel, um, introduce yourself to the listeners, please. Thank you. Yes, I'm Rachel Hicks. I'm one of the co-founders of Skywave Gin, based here in Bicester at the former RAF Bicester site. I think we're the only distillery possibly in the world based at a former RAF site. So you can't just drive or walk in to see us. You can fly in to buy your gin from us. And we produce, distill, bottle and sell from here. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, Rachel, I think I'll stay with you if that's okay. You can have the tough question first. So apologies. Um, but I understand you've chosen a song for our listeners this morning. Um, so what is your song choice and why have you picked it? 
So I think maybe I've got the uh, easy question after all. Um, my song choice is Mr. Brightside by The Killers. And the reason I've chosen it is my husband and co-founder in this business, uh, Andrew Parsons, who's our master distiller, plays in a band and he's a drummer and he's an excellent drummer. And one of the best songs that they play is The Killers. And we did see them perform this song uh, last year. So it's such a great song. I'm sure everybody will get up and dance to it. Oxfordshire Station. Get Radio. Welcome back to the Business Brunch here with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Now, before that uh, song, we were listening to the introductions from Anthony, Melanie and Rachel, our expert guests with us today, where we're going to be talking about logistics and sustainable logistics at that and how that can work for businesses. Um, and I'm really interested and curious to see how the logistic world um, operates because I'm gobsmacked how um, some deliveries can get to my door by the day I've made uh, the same order. So really keen to explore that. Um, Anthony, let's just kick off with yourself then. One of the things that you mentioned to me um, couple of weeks ago, actually, was that one of the services you offer is fulfillment pallet um, work. So tell the listeners what that actually is. So yeah, uh, we do e-commerce fulfillment um, where a customer such as Rachel at Skywave will have their products on their website. They will have not enough space to store it at their premises or they will have uh, a need to focus on other parts of the business rather than picking and packing themselves. And what they will do is they will entrust us with the storage of their products. We will integrate with their website. And when they get an order come through, that will come directly through to us as a new order. And we will pick, pack it and ship it on that day out to their customers for them. And it will be with them either the next day or 48 hours, depending on the choice of the um, delivery options. Amazing. Amazing. Um, Minley, I, I think the only place to start with you really is around the sustainability side of things. So so when when um, when um, setting up the business or, or, or building the business, why why was sustainability so important to you guys? Um, I think it's pretty much been ingrained in me since I was born and um, I carried that through um, my um studies and through my career um so environmental management and sustainability um featured really heavily um with anthony's background in transport logistics we've worked together on a number of uh, for a number of large organizations um over the years um including some large waste management companies um and some councils and it's always been at the forefront of what we're doing um say whether it be transport logistics waste and recycling um so it was really bringing the two when we wanted to set up our own business it was about bringing the two together and realizing that um it was it was the the way forward um in terms of the future of logistics that it's um very heavily um in a heavy impact industry um in terms of um co2 emissions um and all the packaging um, um, so really, we wanted to just um, bring that forward um, in a way to do it as sustainably as possible. Love it. Love it. And I'm sure we're going to explore that sustainability impact a little bit more. Rachel, um, Anthony mentioned yourself as a, a customer and uh, the fulfillment side. So, so tell us a little bit about your journey, your story and why it benefits you to, to utilise a logistics business. Well, we are five years old this year. And through lockdown, before we had expanded, I remember sitting from 5 a.m. in the morning, making up gift boxes, packing gift boxes, bags and bags, Royal Mail bags in our hallway, because we started the business at home, being collected by the Royal Mail. And it was incredibly tiresome. When we expanded here 
to Bista Heritage, again, we just had a huge amount of stock that needed shifting on a daily basis. And we got to the point where we were aware of Darsica, we were aware of their fabulous green credentials. And what we can do, because they're so local, so we've cut our road mileage down, we transfer our stock to them, and they fulfill for us. They're the experts in packing, picking, shipping, much more than we are. We make great gin, but we're not great at wrapping things up as much as these guys are. And we chose them because they're so local to us. So all our stock literally just goes across town as opposed to, to many other places. And we chose them because they have such great sustainability credentials, because they make their deliveries in electric vehicles. And they do more for us than just deliver our parcels. Absolutely. Let, let's let's build, um, Anthony, if it's OK with you, um, j- just in terms of, um, I guess, kind of the commercials around what you do. Um, so I know that you've um, mentioned off air that you've um, that you're plastic free um, and that you've got electric vehicles. Um, is, is there a is there a cost to you or an enhanced cost by being sustainable or is there indeed an enhanced, I guess, a benefit to being sustainable when, when looking at taking on new clients? It's both, actually, Ben. Um, there is a cost to it. You know, the electric vehicles cost more money um, initially in the short term anyway. Obviously, as you uh, charge those vehicles rather than put diesel in them, um, there's a, a huge benefit there on cost, but also to the environment. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one of those things where you go, there is a cost to it but the benefit far outweighs the cost. And, and we don't pass those costs on to our customers. Um, you know, our, we charge our customers for a service, and that service includes us being sustainable. Um, we don't go, right, we're going to charge you more because the vehicles are uh, more expensive. Our costs are our costs, and they're based on the service levels we give our customers. Um, and that's where that benefit comes in. You know, so whilst there there is a massive benefit in terms of the sustainability and the credentials for the planet and and what we can do there, um, but like Rachel said, it's about working with local businesses. You know, the fact that we're over the road means that they cut their traveling down. They cut, out, and when they send stuff out via us, um, we do it in electric vehicles, and we make sure that. Uh, those costs are are kept down as well. So, you know, the benefit there is for the customer is their sustainability and they can add that onto what they do. Um, But also there is a cost, but we don't pass that on to our customers. Love it. And um, Melanie, you kindly added a bit to your title that I didn't realise. So apologies for that about the communication side. So I think that's really given me an extra question because I guess that's an interesting challenge in itself to communicate the sustainability piece in a way that people truly believe it rather than just going, yeah, 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 that's just a tick box thing. So, so tell us a little bit more about those challenges and how how you address that and your thoughts around that. Sure, Mike. As you, as you, as you know, communication is is very important um, and, you know, we're proud of what we do at Darsica and we've got our um, actually, we've got our, um, an audit coming up soon. We've uh, already got our Mission Zero accreditation and we're moving on to the next level. It's a, a standard for the um, fleet industry and a nationally recognised standard now. And it looks at all areas um, of the operations and we're looking at doing our sustainability module. So we'll be monitoring and measuring um, emissions across all our operations, um, not just the vehicles. Um, we've actually got some help from Oxford Brooks. We've got some students coming in to help us measure our uh, scope 
one, two, three emissions um, so that we can set those baselines. And as you say, actually communicate what we're doing to people um, with, with, with the facts. Um, it's great to say that, you know, there's so many businesses doing it, doing all these great things. Um, but it, it's not, it's not easy to, um, to monitor and measure everything. Um, so that's where sort of we're using the accreditation to get us on track, to make sure that we're um, say doing all that um, so that we can confidently um, report on our emissions um, and make improvements. You know, we're not, we're not perfect. There's things that I'm sure we can be doing to improve our sustainability and sharing those with other companies um, and, and again across the logistics industry because um, we should all be working together to try and um, make the um, industry more sustainable. No, thank, thank you for that. Um, Rachel, early, earlier um, in this section, um, you, you kindly um, spoke about the, the the benefits to you you as a business uh, for, for for working with a sustainable brand. Um, so I'm just kind of keen to go on one step further and and talk about your end customer. So somebody that is buying your amazing gin, which I must try some sooner rather than later. Um, do, how what sort of feedback have you had from your end, end customers, if at all, in terms of that sustainable sustainable delivery model? They're always very impressed with the packaging that we use. And it's commercially available packaging, which mm. Dusk use on our behalf. But it's all made from um, cardboard and paper. It's kind of like a, a, a bee's hive. It's kind of hexagonal. Um, and it kind of concertinas out and is amazingly protective of the bottle. So it's a sleeve that you put the bottle in and then you put it into a cardboard box. And it's all designed to be able to take bottles and drop them from height. And they will still be protected. So we use wherever possible um, recyclable packaging. Um, if you ever get anything from us that it contains any plastic, it's often come direct from the distillery and we've repurposed a supplier's packaging that's come to us that contains plastic. And if it can be useful, we use it again. So at least it's not a single use plastic. And the feedback we get from our customers is that they really like that. We often get a comment saying that they are pleased that there's no plastic or very little plastic. And they appreciate the, the steps that we take and Darcy could do on our behalf to make sure that we try and be as sustainable as, as possible. Fantastic. And it's certainly high on the agenda. Some of the work I do at Oxford Brooks University, most of the business ideas that are spinning out there now is got some sort of sustainable link to it. So there's certainly, as you say, it's what the customers expect, want or need uh, from that side of it, certainly. Um, Anthony, one of the things that um, I learned about yourself when we sort of like started networking a little bit closer uh, in recent months is about your link with Amazon and, uh, and uh, you know, potentially you know, what you may have learned or what you may not have learned from sort of their closed book. But obviously you've got a, a great background in your own sort of travel logistics. So give it, give the listeners a bit of flavor about what considerations go into moving parcel A to moving parcel B. Cause I know you do the parcel collection stuff as well. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much you've got to consider, Mike, um, you know, how is it packaged? How's it going to travel? What sort of product is it? You know, all of these things have got to be considered Transport in a glass jar or a, a glass bottle like the gin, you know, compared to a, a T-shirt, you know, you've got to be considerate about the sort of packaging you use and how you're going to get it from A to B. But then it's it's kind of what carrier options are there? How What way do you go with it? Because, you know, there are multiple different carriers out there, such as your, your likes of your DPD, your uh, DHL, Yodel, all of these great carriers. 
but they all have their niche in what type of packaging they like. So, you know, it, it very much depends on the product and what carrier you want to put that through. Because ultimately, if it's huge and it's big, you might want to put that through a pa- on a pallet and put it through a pallet network like ours. Or it might be a T-shirt, in which case we would get it in a mailing bag and it would go out through someone like Yodel or Raw Mail where they like the small, light packages. So, you know, it's a real consideration of how you're going to do it. And, you know, we will take a lot of... Um, orders that come into us um that are local and we will do those on our already routes that we're we're out there doing so you know skywave do a lot of local deliveries to the likes of blenheim and um and to oxford to some of the pubs over there and what we will do is we will incorporate that into our local deliveries a to keep the costs down but also to reduce it going through a carrier network that is maybe a travel up to reading and then over to uh swindon and then eventually delivering back locally to oxford which seems like a a crazy route so we will then take that and go right this is how we're going to do it and and we're going to try and keep this as local as possible amazing no amazing thank you so much um mentally before we come with a real question to you um, i'm going to ask you a difficult question um which is your song choice so what is your song choice um and why have you picked it so my song choice is um, by the late, great um, Tina Turner. Um, and I chose this because it was actually one of the first, con- it was the first concert my father ever took me to. Um, I was um, probably about 10 or 11. I think I may have fallen asleep on the hard plastic chair um, before she came on, I might add. Um, and remember wake- being woken up um, and um, seeing her live on stage. So um, it's yeah, Simply the Best by Tina Turner. Interviewing Oxfordshire's business leaders. This is the Business Brunch, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. And before that, an amazing song chosen by Menely. We've been speaking with our three guests and really around sustainable logistics. Um, and it's, it's a topic that's really, really fascinating, um, certainly for myself. And, and I hope you all find it fascinating at home. Um, Melanie, a, a question that I've I've got for you, um, and Anthony may want to comment, um, is really kind of moving on to the the awards. Um, so as Mike said at the start of the show, um, you, you have won um awards um very recently. So congratulations on on that. I know that a lot of small businesses want to get involved in awards and win awards. So it'd just be really great if you could um, I guess, share the process in getting to the point where you've won the award and 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 really kind of how how you found that. Sure. Yeah. The for us, um, I think it was just coming, bringing together, um, and working with businesses in Oxfordshire. It was a really good way for us to um, sort of get our names out there, show people what we're doing. We kept getting called over the last couple of years. We've been called disruptors in the industry. Mm-hmm. So we felt like, okay, maybe we do, we took it as a good positive. We're, we're doing something different. We're doing th- something positive. Um, and people were sort of saying to us, um, whether it be our um, clients that we're working with or, or staff saying, you know, what we're doing is really positive. We should be shouting about it. Um, and so for us, the awards was a really, um, the awards across Oxfordshire was a really good way of doing that. Um, where I've worked for national companies, we might have done national awards. Again, 
there's all sorts of different awards out there in in the UK. Um, but for us, it was about um, locally because we're working with a lot of Oxfordshire businesses, um, getting that um, just just getting that recognition for for what we're doing. Um, and um, the processes are, are normally very. Um, very clear what you need to do in terms of the, the submissions. It does. I'm not going to lie. It does take some. T- does take some time. Some late nights and uh, weekends. Um, um, sort of going through the application process, working out which award you might want to go for, um, and looking at the, the criteria. But there, I say, there are a lot of amazing businesses out there doing great things. So why not shout about it and um, and you know get that get that information out there and that we can share with other people what we're doing as well. Um, So for us, it wasn't necessarily just the sustainability side. It's our social value that what we do with our employees um, that that means a lot to us and um, means a lot to other people. Um, So it's sort of sharing ideas about what we do around that and what we do for our employees, our apprenticeship schemes. Um, Really, I say that businesses, it's things that you think, well, every business is doing these things. So a lot of businesses, you know, should be applying um, for them um, and, and getting that recognition. Yeah, Anthony, you, you're either glowing with pride or you want to come in with a, a little bit of extra information. So tell us a little bit from your perspective and, and how the team felt about you being business of the year. Well, I mean, definitely a bit of glowing with pride, Mike. Um, you know, most people will pay external writers to write award submissions. Um, Melanie wrote all of ours us herself and um, did an amazing job in in getting across what we do so you know it's it's really it was really taken back for me personally um, there were some amazing people in that room on on uh, the Oxfordshire Business Awards and you know for me to even be considered for a business person was a was a real honor um i'll be honest like we were we were celebrating out with the team and and suddenly they announced that we were going to be business of the year um something that we didn't even consider because we're a new business and from what i understand it's not something that new businesses tend to win so um you know it was a, a real pride but when i come back and we shared that with the team I mean, they were just so proud of what we've achieved. It's um, they were really, really kind of in awe of it, and yeah, lots of lots of really nice messages from the drivers and customer service saying how they how they really value being part of a business that is um, is going the right way and doing the right thing. So yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, and you're right. In, in the history of the Oxfordshire Business Awards, it was the first time I believe that a company had won Business of the Year that also won New Business of the Year. So, uh, congratulations on that. And Rachel, talking about awards, you know, obviously, uh, I'm sure you're uh, pushing pushing your own uh, awards uh, there, etc. And you can probably share some of those with, with us. But in terms of the alignment of a supplier that's been recognised in this way, how, how important is that to you as a business, but also to your customers? We are thrilled for Darsica and for the awards that they won at the Oxfordshire Business Awards. It is thoroughly deserved. And we know how important awards are. We were voted the world's best contemporary gin at the World Gin Awards and have won 50 accolades uh, since then internationally. And 
we appreciate that our customers look for awards on our gin to differentiate us in the marketplace. And in the same way, we can see that for Darsica, their awards will differentiate them. Um, we like to think that we were we were with Darsica in the early days, perhaps before any awards. So we saw all their talent shining through and we just are, are thrilled that it's being recognised by everybody else now. Oh, absolutely. So, so Andy, just coming across you, if that's okay, um, and, and I just want to build on on the team piece um, because that's something that Melanie touched on quite a lot, and I think you did in terms of how how chuffed the team were. Talk to me a little bit about your culture at, at Darsica and and how you've built that culture, and, and really what you see as, as as the benefits for somebody that works for you. Yeah, so like we we're a small team. We all have to put in the effort, and we all have to put it. You know. Um, the Monday following the awards, you know, a, a lot of business owners would have come back and been celebrating. I was out there at seven o'clock in the morning packing boxes because we had a lot of orders over the weekend and it needed an extra bit of effort to uh, to get that over the line. Um, but, you know, we like to make sure that our team are well looked after. They They do have to work hard, but we like to do everything we can. We take them for uh, little celebrations. We'll do a barbecue at the depot. Um, we provide things like a, a food cupboard for them so that if they have the need for a hot lunch or if they haven't had breakfast that morning, they can still help themselves and, and, and they still feel that they can come in and, and be fed and not have to worry whether they can afford it or not. Um, and, and really, we just kind of build that atmosphere. I'm, I'm a firm believer in taking the right person on with the right attitude rather than the person that's got the skills. Um, because you can teach anyone the skills, but you can't always teach the attitude. Um, and I'm sure Rachel will back us up with, in terms of um, the customer service team we have here and the warehouse team and the drivers. They are always happy that we get a lot of great feedback from our customers and people that we deliver to on the level of service our, our staff give to, to our customers and to the end users. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and again, I hear it all the time in the, in the networks that people I talk to about uh, that sort of positive feedback as well. So congratulations. Melanie, one of the things Ben touched upon it as well, that he's, um, he's heard the phrase that you're a plastic free fulfillment center. Um, now, even I, as an individual can understand what plastic free could potentially be, but tell us a little bit about what plastics you have taken out of the system, if you like that, you know, that has created you to be plastic free. Yeah, so in terms of the e-commerce um, fulfillment, it's it's around the packaging um, in terms of we don't use plastic bubble wrap. Um, so Rachel mentioned the um, the different type of um, packaging we use for the bottles to keep them secure and safe. Um, say that the traditionally would have been wrapped in, in the bubble wrap. We use something called um, G-Army wrap and FlexiHex, um, which protects the products um, and is fully, is made from recyclable material and is fully recyclable. Um, where you might get um, an order with what with the, the small plastic foam. Um, it looks like a bit like plastic watsits, and <laughs> we've people referred to them as. Um, we don't use anything like that. Um, we use um, crumpled up um, paper. Um, a special machine does that um, for us. So it's just looking at what alternatives are out there. Um, 
Our warehouse does still have some plastic in it because at the moment you can't get, you can't wrap pallets um, in any alternative. We did look at alternatives and we were successful to get some Oxlep funding from the Business Investment Fund for a pallet wrap machine, which improved the productivity, but reduced the environmental impact because prior to that, we were actually wrapping pallets in black plastic that you, you might see a lot of people still do. Um, which was manual, manually wrapping them. Um, obviously, saying black plastic couldn't be recycled. So we use something called a shrink wrap now, which is a type of plastic. So when we say our, our e-commerce fulfillment is completely plastic free, but we do have plastic in our warehouse. We don't want to say we don't we don't want to put anyone um, thinking that we're completely, if they came and looked around our warehouse, you know, you would still see our pallets are wrapped in in um, a, a shrink wrap type plastic. But it's, again, it's finding those, um, alternatives, finding the best solutions that are out there um, in the market today, um, and that will look, that will continually change um, as we look at different products and different materials. Um, so. um, Rachel, I, I'm just I, I'm keen to go right back to your introduction, if that's okay, um, and, and talk about. Um, where you're based um and and really the thought process of of being on a on an xraf base and and really um whether there's been any stories for your business or connected to that we're full of stories we're all about the stories a former journalist i'm i'm always looking for a good good story we're here at Bista Heritage, which for those of you who aren't familiar with uh, what this site is, it's, as I say, the former RAF Bista. It's a beautifully preserved and restored um, former RAF base. It's so beautiful that all the buildings here are grade two listed. Films are made here. So if you remember the imitation game, which was uh, filmed here, that was um, that was one of the uh, many films that uses this as a backdrop. But it's home to more than 50 specialists who work in historic cars. So whether they are creating leather seats or they're training apprentices in how to restore historic cars, or indeed I'm sitting next to the Blenheim um, bombers uh, hangar, um, in which are stored the most beautiful historic cars because their owners perhaps have got too many in their garage and need somewhere else to store them for a few weeks or months. But this site is expanding and it's realized that it, it can't just sit looking at the beautiful historic car aspect of motoring. So we now have Tesla's UK headquarters there based here. We have E-McLaren just opposite with their beautiful electric Formula One car. We've got PR companies, film companies based here. And it's a whole, the whole site is expanding. They're hoping to be one of the top 20 tourist destinations in Britain in the future with hotels being built, innovation quarters being developed and wilderness with camping and water. So we're based here as a gin company. We're very, very fortunate. We have the most fabulous customer base. And of course, it works very well because obviously not now, but back in the heyday when this was an RAF base, a gin and tonic, the romance of a gin and tonic and the romance of motoring were very much linked. Now, obviously, you can't do that now, but one might motor through the country lanes of Oxfordshire and then stop at a, a little hostelry for a, a G&T. And that would be quintessentially English, wouldn't it? It certainly would. It certainly would. And like you say, it's a, certainly an expanding, uh, expanding journey. And I can certainly uh, recommend uh, people checking out your gin. I, I remember being at a networking event uh, ran by Richard and you were doing some tastings or you were supplying the gin there. And uh, yeah, yeah, I had a couple, should we say. But, uh, there we go. Um, so, Ansi, the, the question I, I guess we we have to ask as, a, as an MD of an organisation that's trying to be sustainable is how you overcome 
the sustainable message versus probably that historic industry practice that's probably pulling you a little bit there. So tell us a little bit about that journey as an MD. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been a mem or a manager within the transport industry for 20, 25 years now. So, you know, it's um it's been a long time that I've been involved in this and I've seen evolution uh in the transport industry from um, you know, petrol to diesel and and diesel is now kind of like the 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 no-go and I've done trials with hydrogen vehicles and electric vehicles and you know it's an ever-changing thing. I think the the next change though is this uh hydrogen, hydrogen fuel cell, electric vehicle choice that we are all gonna have to make as, as in that industry. And you know, we're a new business. We started a couple of years ago. We very much went do we be a business of the past or actually shall we look at being a business of the future? Because ultimately we're new now and we've got to develop to a, maybe a, a 20, 30 year old business in time. And, you know, I think if you want, if you're going to come into the industry, you've got to look at the future of that industry that you're joining, not the past. And there are a lot of transport companies out there who over the next 10 years will probably retire and close because they are getting to a point where they're like actually i don't want to be i don't want to be going through all that cost and all that change so when we came in we were like actually the the future is where we need to be and what does the future look like well at the moment the future is electric now that will change. Hydrogen will come in and so will the hydrogen fuel cell. But at the moment, electric is really the only viable option out there where there is some infrastructure. And that is why um, we've gone down the initial road of electric vehicles. And, you know, I'm proud to say we've got seven or eight electric vehicles in our fleet now. Um, one of them was the, is the first uh, electric uh, curtain-sided palletized vehicle um we believe in the country so you know we're very proud of what we've uh, what we've bought in and yeah that's why we're going down that road amazing amazing um i i think it's only right we have time for a song don't we um you the listeners i'm sure want a song so anthony um you have chosen a song this morning for our listeners what is your song choice and why have you picked it so my song choice is um wagon wheel by darius rucker our family are huge country music fans and unfortunately because of covid we weren't able our, our plan for my 40th minute a few years ago was that we were going to go out to nashville and you know listen to some country music and we didn't get to do that but whenever we put this song on in our house there's a lot of dancing and a lot of singing so yeah that's why i've chosen it the business brunch with ben and mike sponsored by we do hr support Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. And um, before that great song chosen by Anthony, um, we've been speaking with our three guests really around the topic of sustainable lo- logistics. Um, and of course, we've mentioned um, an award or two, um, as certainly our guests share share plenty. Um, so mentally, I'm going to come across to you, if that's OK, and really um, just build on what Anthony was touching on there before the break in terms of, I guess, the future 
Um, what what do you see as the future um, for for the business? Like, what what things are you working towards? And 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 I guess where would you like to see the business go? I think for us, um, short term, we're just focusing on um, the one site um, at Vista, where um, say we've, we're um, growing the sustainable side of it in terms of the e-commerce um, fulfillment and the pallet um, deliveries and collections. Um, if you asked Anthony, he'll, uh, his ambitions probably um, a lot a lot bigger than than mine. Um, so it's been a busy a busy year, um, and the the plans for growth is. You know, we just want to focus on on the sustainable side of things. Um, looking towards our um, setting some targets for net zero. Um, you know, which every company is going to have to look to do. Um, as as we think we'll see more coming through in terms of that uh, filtering down. Um, from the government in terms of policies and procedures that that all companies should be looking at their their emissions and what they can do. And we like to think that we're at, at the forefront of that. Um, so you know, puts us in a, in a good position. Um, and just um, continue with that commitment to um, reduce where we can in a high impact industry. Love it. So, so that's a discussion for the uh, the boardroom table. Then, is it in terms of the direction of the the, the business? Uh, I, I, I love I love that. Don't take it home though. Don't ever take things home from a from a family side. Um, not easy. It's not easy at the moment, but uh, we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it is. And Rachel, I think you know. Let's let's try and think of a certain sort of tenuous link for you here. But I think you now, how do you communicate the importance of logistics to your customers? So that that helps, you know, obviously your customers are buying your gin because they love your gin. It's been recommended to them, et cetera. And, and please tell us, you know, feel free to tell us a little bit why your customers love, love the gin. But how do you communicate the logistics part and how that plays an important part to the purchase experience of your customers? So our customers love our gin, I think, just because it tastes so utterly delicious. We have, you know, seven gins and a, and a non-alcoholic. So we keep Darsica in good business with our eight products. Um, and they really enjoy, I believe, our customers knowing and about the green sustainability choices that we make with our logistics partners, with our own packaging here, with the way that we, for example, use a local water in the production of all of our gins, which comes directly from Blenheim. So again, we're reducing our road miles and Darsica collect that for us in an electric van. And whenever we um, have something to communicate like this with our uh, customers, we do. And we do it via social media, we'll do it in newsletters, we'll talk to them when they're in the shop. Um, as a reporter, I always want to communicate good news to people or tell them interesting anecdotes. So whether they're buying from us in the shop and taking it away in a paper bag, or whether they are having it delivered via Darsica, we'll try and communicate that in many different ways. So for example, we have a distillery experience that we run three times a week here at Vista Heritage, and you get a lovely gin tasting in there as well. But part of the story that you will hear when you're uh, visiting and looking around and understanding the whole process is that we have a green partner and we use and deliver our gin through electric vehicles. And so only next week, when Andy and I have to go into London for two days for a big trade conference and set up, again, we're using Darsica, who are very kindly going to get up early on a Sunday morning and take us in, deliver all of the stand and collect us. So that again, we're not going um, 
uh, in any other form than a good green electric form. I hope you did know that, by the way, Melanie. A, a really good time to break some uh, some break some news. Um, good good job on the radio, um, a- Anthony. Um, we are coming um, relatively towards the end of the show. Um, and one of the things that we do like to include on this show is, is top tips. Um, but I've left quite a lot more time than I normally do uh, for top tips. So it'd be really great if you could just share um, a couple of tips with the listeners, um, whether that be around. Um, your green credentials or how you've grown the business to become an award-winning business or working with with the right kind of suppliers and partners um, and customers. Yeah. So what would be some of, some of your top tips for the listeners that you'd like to kick off the section with? So I, I guess the first top tip really is um, your people. Invest in people, look after them and give them something to believe in. Let them into what you're doing have them to be part of the journey with you and i think that is a, a really big tip for any new business is to have the people around you really be part of that journey um if i was going to give a, a tip on uh st- sustainability it would be to start somewhere get started now um you know even if it's something small, it gets you on that journey and it gets you thinking. And the amount of uh, things we've changed over the few years that we've been going just by making small changes has has vastly changed what we've done from the start to now. So, yes, we started with one or two small changes, but that has grown and grown. And it, it's really kind of made us into the, the business that uh, we are now where we're we're winning some local awards, which is fantastic for us. Yeah, nice one. And uh, and my tip from something you said earlier for for that would be you know think about being a business of the future, not a business of the past. I absolutely love that phrase. I might might nick that if with permission. Um, Melanie, what about yourself? Would you have a, would you have a tip? I think just following on from what Anthony said, um, you know, embracing innovation, taking those positive um, actions um, for the planet. Um, I think that yeah, that's the that's my top tip. Don't don't be afraid to try new things. Um, say so we only get one shot at life. So um, you know, jump in and um, take some risks. Um, and uh, you know, if you feel it, it, it's the right thing to do. Um, absolutely, go go for it. Amazing. And last but certainly not least, Rachel, what would be your top tips? Oh, my top tips. I think. People are your most important asset, which is a real cliche, but I once heard, and I think it's absolutely true, that you should surround yourself with people who do the jobs that you need to get done better than you can. So surround yourself with experts. And we have just an amazing expert team around us who, amazing sales team. Uh, We have a bar here on a Friday and Saturday night, and we have the most fabulous mixologist who creates beautiful cocktails. I would hate to think what I would do to a cocktail if I was in charge of it. So surround yourself with people who do the jobs that need to be done better than you can. And when it comes to sustainability, I would say always strive to do better. And it may only be small steps, but they're important. So, for example, we are having a brand new bespoke bottle designed for us, which is really exciting being made in Yorkshire. And when we've been designing it, just before it went into uh, its first production, which is happening soon, the designers came back and said, 
I think we can get another 100 grams of weight of glass off this design. And we said, well, that would be great. That for many reasons, you can imagine why, you know, less raw materials, less weight in packaging and sending, et cetera, et cetera. So even small things like the new bottle is now going to weigh less. It's great. Absolutely. Well, what a way to end the show. Um, but unfortunately, that is the end of the show. Um, so thank you so much um, to our three guests for joining us on the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio today. Um, if you are just tuning in, I would definitely, definitely recommend that you listen back um, wherever you get an opportunity. Um, we've had um, Anthony Amenely Tattersall of Darsica Logistics. And indeed, we've had Rachel Hicks from Skywave Gin. So thank you so much to the three of you for joining us um, and for your time and contribution to the discussion. You've been listening to The Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Next week, we're going to be looking at the events industry, and our guest will be Daniel O'Sullivan of the Experience Specialist Group. Now, that usual reminder, don't forget to tune in on the radio each Sunday at 11 o'clock, or catch the podcast on a Monday um, via your favourite podcast platforms, just like Anthony does. And look out for our video format posted on the Get Radio Facebook page and our website, the Get Radio website, each Tuesday. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you next week.